0: your pulpit tonight amen honored to preach the word to you students believe i have a word for you tonight amen if you have your bibles we're going to the book of exodus chapter 19 exodus 19 there we'll read verses 18 to 20 says now mount sinai was completely in smoke why because the lord descended upon it in fire Somebody say, where there's smoke, there's fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Notice, if you will, that when God makes a call, to his servant to come up higher, that Moses said, I'm going to go. If he's inviting me up the mountain, there must be something on the mountain for me. Verse 20, in the message, it reads this way, God descended to the peak of Mount Sinai. God God called Moses up to the peak, and Moses climbed up. I want to preach on this subject tonight, the climb. Everybody say the climb. Amen. Pastor Jack, I wonder if you would lift your voice and pray tonight. your your purpose Jesus' name Amen. What do you say in Jesus' name? Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The Climb. The Climb is listed in the top 10 virtual reality games of 2019. The Climb is one game that will either cure your fear of heights or send you into a virtual frenzy. You put on the virtual reality headset and suddenly you are immersed in another world. It is a world of crags and crevices and cliffs and climbers. It's one thing to read about and watch videos on Everest. It's quite another to high above, to hang above the valley floor while clinging to your life by just one hand that you are controlling. All of this, of course, is virtual reality. All of this is pretend it is not real, but we are experiencing something that is real. What we are experiencing in our world is very much reality. If there was ever a day when the world needs a people who are willing to go up higher, it is the day that we're living in right now. I can't speak for you tonight, but I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I'm not satisfied or settled here because God is calling me up to another place. There's an invitation going out to some students tonight to come up higher. God's calling you to another level, and it's up to you and I to heed the cry. You see, God is in the habit of calling men to a higher level. He called Moses in Exodus 19. He called John in Revelation chapter 4. He called Peter and James and John in Matthew 17. He called his 11 disciples in Matthew 28. Can I say tonight that God is calling you? Somebody say he's calling me. God has a habit of doing that. On our family Vacation recently, we spent several days in the mountains of Vermont. We've been there several times before, in fact, once with Pastor Jack and his family. We went to Stowe, Vermont, a resort called Smuggler's Notch. It's a wonderful place. On our previous visits, we, we had gone sightseeing and we visited waterfalls and went antiquing and walked covered bridges, did some hiking, took the kids geocaching, all sorts of things that you normally do on vacation. But we had never been to the top of Mount Mansfield before. So this time, Julie and I decided that we wanted to go to the top of Mount Mansfield before we came back to New Brunswick. If you don't know, Mount Mansfield is the highest mountain in Vermont. It has a summit with a peak of 4,395 feet. In 1980, Mount Mansfield Natural Area was designated national, uh, a natural landmark by the National Park Service. A park tourist activity is to take the toll road about four miles or 6.4 kilometers. It's steep. It's mostly unpaved with several hairpin turns. From the Stowe Base Lodge to what the locals call the Nose and then hiking the Ridge to the Chin. On the toll road, you can drive most of the way up. We discovered about a halfway point in our journey that there was a mountain chapel and they have a service there, I believe, about... Uh, 2 o'clock, I think the sign said, and I looked at that chapel, and at the back of that chapel was a was a a sign. You, you really couldn't get inside. You could just kind of peek in the little windows, and there was a sign with religious symbols that were representing every religious organization you could ever think of. And I said to my father-in-law, I said, what kind of service do you suppose that they have here? When you're trying to run the gamut on doctrine and you're trying to speak everything to everybody, you really don't get any place. I'm glad that I know that there's one God. I'm glad that I know there's one faith. I'm glad to know that there is one baptism. Come on, Jesus said there is salvation in none other because there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm grateful for the knowledge that comes with the revelation of who Jesus is. We drove up another four kilometers back and forth on the switchback or unpaved mountain road to the point where you park your car and from that point you get out. From there you climb the rest of the way out. White dashed lines painted on rocks mark the advised path to stay on. Blue dashes mark the way for more experienced climbers. On the way up to the chin, you go through trees and brush and bogs and valleys and swales. Then all of a sudden, the vegetation just clears away and there are no trees left. But when you get to the top, there is an amazing unmatched view of Vermont. There's my sweetheart and I at the top of the mountain. You begin to see things at the top of the mountain, Brother McNair, that you couldn't see at the bottom of the mountain. You begin to see things that you had never seen before. I had been to Stowe several times before, but I began to look out with a different perspective. I began to look out from a different level. All of a sudden, I could see further. All of a sudden, God began to open up things to me that I haven't seen before. Looking down, of course, you could see the tiny hamlet of Stowe, Vermont. Then you could see Burlington, Vermont, which was about 60 kilometers away. Away. You could even see small parts of Quebec by their price, which is about 100 kilometers away. But in order to get to the top of Mount Mansfield there was a cost that had to be paid. There was an effort that had to be made. There was a path that had to be chosen. There was a mindset that said, I will finish. You see, I believe tonight that God is calling us, me, you, to another level. You see, I think the greatest danger of the church today is to become satisfied and content right where we're at. Because I believe God has an unprecedented mountaintop experience for us, each and every one of us here tonight. What will you do with God's invitation to go higher? Will you respond as Moses did? Will you meet God on the mountain? Mountains are mentioned over 500 times in the Bible. There are several significant mountains that dot the landscape of Scripture. Mount Ararat is 16,845 feet. This is where the ark came to rest. Mount Sinai is 7,947 feet. It is here where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Mount Olives is 2,710 feet. It is here that Jesus prayed before his arrest and crucifixion. It's also here that he ascends into heaven in Acts chapter 1. Then there's Mount Zion, 2,510 feet to the summit. It's here that David captures this place and it becomes the city of God or the city of David. Mount Tabor or Mount Transfiguration, 1,886 feet. It is here that before Jesus, before the disciples' eyes that Jesus was transfigured and taken from them. Mount Carmel, 1,724 feet. It was here that God showed up as Elijah uh, asked for fire to answer in his sacrifice. And then there was the Sermon on the Mount. This location is really unknown. It was near Lake Gennesaret and it was near Capernaum. But this is where Jesus delivers the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. There are many other mountains in the Bible. They vary in size and shape and summit and location. But every one of these mountains serve to bring us one step closer to God. They bridge the gap between man and God for just the shortest moment of time. I think it's important before we go on tonight that we realize that every mountain was created and placed there by our God. The prophet Amos said in 4.13, he said, For lo, he hath formed the mountains and created the wind and declared unto man what is his thought, and making the morning darkness and treadeth upon the high places of the earth. The Lord, God of hosts, is his name. It is he that formed the mountains. Ed Burnham in his book, Sacred Mountains of the World, he explains that people have traditionally revered mountains as places of sacred power and spiritual attainment. It is to these awesome mountain vistas that God invites you and I tonight. Will we take him up on his invitation? Our God is all-powerful. Our God is capable of moving mountains. The prophet Nahum wrote in 1 and 5, the mountains quake before him. The hills melt away. The earth trembles at his presence. The world and all who live in it Habakkuk said in 3 and 6, when he stops, the earth shakes. When he looks, the nations tremble. He shatters the everlasting mountains and levels the eternal hills. Why, he is the eternal one. God has an awesome capability of moving mountains. Yet I think it's interesting that in Scripture he doesn't physically move a mountain not even one time. God does shake mountains and quake them a time or two just to prove that he could do it, but the mountains themselves stay right where God placed them. You see, the issue of life is this. Many times we want God to move our mountains But God is more interested in meeting you on the mountain than he is in moving your mountain. Why? Because God knows that there is a miraculous experience that can happen at the summit of your mountain if you would just engage in the climb. I have a feeling there's some folks here tonight that come up and they're showing up to Bible school here on this Tuesday night in the city of Fredericton and you're saying, you know what? I'm not satisfied where I am. I'm not satisfied with low-level living. I believe God is something greater for me, something higher for me, something that I can attain to that I haven't even touched as of yet. A meeting on the mountain with God will change the way you see things. It will change the way you live. It will change the way you dream. It will change your perspective and your thinking. As a people of God, we ought to think on a different level. If you're not thinking on a different level, you haven't yet engaged in the climb. Here's what God says through the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 55 and 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways are are they your ways, says the Lord. But as high as the heavens, excuse me, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We should be striving to think more like God. The thing about climbing is this reality. Everybody climbs at different speeds. In fact, on family vacation, on our way up the summit, we we lost one along the way. They didn't make it to the top of Mount Mansfield. They stopped, and we kind of come back and got them later. But not everybody climbs the same way. Not everybody climbs at, uh, at the same speed. Everybody climbs with different skills and different levels of maturity. Why are you saying that? Because some mountains are not for everybody. Everest, for instance, takes a seasoned and experienced climber. Somebody that has climbed a few mountains previous in training and preparation. Some mountain hills that were smaller than Everest. Some peaks that didn't reach quite as high as Everest. But yet they had a plan in their mind that one day, there's a day coming when I'm going to conquer Everest. I'm going to see the summit, what Everest has to offer on the summit. Some mountains are not for everybody. But I believe tonight, This evening there are some who have chosen to enter climbing school. To learn to climb. To go higher. To endeavor to discover another level of the spirit. To lead others even in the climb. Tonight there are some students that have taken God up, I believe, on his invitation to go higher. Just by showing up this evening. Can I tell you that God is waiting and God is pleased because on the mountain, on the climb, things will happen that you never begin to imagine with your earthly mind. Halfway up Mount Mansfield on our trek, we showed it to you a while ago, we discovered a chapel. That chapel indicated that some spiritual activity had happened on the mountain. Mountains in the Bible were places of frequent Spiritual activity. Moses met God on the mountain. Abraham sacrificed on the mountain. Joshua built an altar on the mountain. David worshiped in the mountain. Elijah engaged in spiritual warfare on the mountain. Disciples received revelation on the mountain. Elisha prayed on the mountain. Can I share with you what happened with those mountains experiences? Moses, he received the Ten Commandments miraculously as a finger of God, wrote on tablets of stone. God provides a ram in the thicket for Abraham in his trek up the mountain. For Joshua, he had a revelation of who God really was. David began to pen psalms as he climbed his mountain Come on, there's a supernatural experience that's waiting on the mountain for somebody. Elisha prayed on the mountain, and God began to show him the host that he had sent to rescue him. God meets all of them on the mountain in a multitude of different ways, and God is waiting to meet you tonight. Each one of these Bible characters took a personal, miraculous experience with them away from this mountaintop encounter. And God is inviting you to the mountain. But not as He just inviting you. He will meet you there. Probably the most famous and influential sermon that Jesus ever preached was the Sermon on the Mount. This sermon is rich with godly principles to live daily by, including, of course, you and I know the Beatitudes. You study this sermon and you'll discover that much was taught by Jesus in these three chapters in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5 to 7. Just for a moment tonight, let's look at how it begins. Matthew 5 and verse 1 says, And seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up into a mountain. Now that seems a bit curious to me with a God who loves people like he does. Immediately the question arises, why would Jesus climb up into a mountain? The crowd was already right behind him. They followed him everywhere that he went. He could have turned around and simply began to teach the multitude right where he was. One possible answer is that perhaps when Jesus saw the multitude behind him, he knew that they had showed up for different reasons. Some were there simply because They were curious. They had heard about his miracles. They wanted to see some miraculous happening for themselves. Some showed up that day as simply part of the crowd. That they might have seen the growing mass that was falling and came by just to see what was going on. But there were another group. This is an important group. There were climbers there that day. A few in the multitude were committed and dedicated and devoted followers. They followed Jesus. They walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They didn't want to miss a moment with Jesus. They wanted everything that Jesus had for them. The rest of the first verse in Matthew chapter 5 reads like this. And when Jesus was set in the mountain, his disciples came unto him. The word disciple, of course, means a follower of Christ, one who lives his or her life to please God and to fulfill his purpose and his mission here on earth. When Jesus called these dedicated disciples, they were the ones who were willing to climb the mountain. Another version says this, when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, those who were committed climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. I want to be a climbing companion. I want to be someone who experiences Jesus. I want to be someone who reaches the summit. These disciples were the ones who were ready to sweat and slog, scratch and claw, scrape and climb with everything that they were worth. They were willing to take every possible effort just to meet Jesus on the mountain. Why was this? Because they were completely convinced that the meeting would be worth the cost. Make no mistake. Giving yourself to ministry comes with a cost. Committing your life to the work of God comes with a price. But the scripture says we're not our own. It tells us that we've already been bought with a price. What else could I do except give my life back to one who gave his life to me? They were convinced that the meeting with Jesus would be worthwhile. This was not so for the curious. It was not so for the seekers. This attitude was not so for the crowd. The tagalongs, the watcher, the committed climbers were the only ones who had a chance to touch him. They were the only ones who had a chance to sit at his feet and learn. They were the only ones who had a chance to look into the eyes of the Savior as he broke the bread of life. You see, God doesn't want us just to be interested onlookers. He wants disciples. He wants those to live the gospel. He wants people to learn of him. He wants people to love him. He wants people to serve him. He wants people who are willing, no matter what the cost, to commit to the climb that takes them to the top of the mountain. So tonight, in order to separate the curious in the crowd from the climbers, Jesus again invites you and I to the top of the mountain. I've heard lots say that they want to climb, they're interested in getting there, but when the time comes to put on the climbing shoes, to strap on the helmet, set the ropes in place, strap on the carabiners and get all the gear together, everything changes. They suddenly don't think it's worth the effort. The curious and the crowd change their mind, they decide to stay where they're at, but not the climber. There is nothing that will stop the climber. The climber is never satisfied with earth level living. Nothing will keep them from from their mountaintop experience. So many times we let things keep us from what God has for us if we engage in the climb. In the book of Joshua, chapter 14, we read of a man named Caleb. We know him. He was one of the positive spies, one of the ones who brought the positive report back. We're well able. God is giving us this land, but the majority ruled on that day, and Caleb was forced to go away and wander away from his promise. Joshua 14, verse 9. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance, and your children's forever, because you have fully followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, Caleb said. And he said, These 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke the word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old, and yet I am as strong this day as the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was with them, so now is my strength for war, both going out and coming in. Now, therefore, he says, Brother Kenny, give me me, this mountain. Think about that. Caleb, at 85 years old, in pursuit of a promise that has eluded him for some 45 years, makes a bold and a courageous statement saying, Give me this mountain. God, I want what belongs to me I want what you've already prepared for me Caleb could have rightly settled into a time of comfort he was 85 years old he could have leaned on his staff he could have rested on the laurels of his past if anyone deserved it he did but no 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 he chose to climb the naysayers kept me off my mountain years ago the faithless stopped me before the doubters killed my dream once it's not going to happen again I've got a made up mind brother trail I'm going to climb Why? Because I know that God has something great for me at the top of the mountain. Caleb, he was was different than anybody else. He says, you don't understand. I've already had a glimpse of what's at the top of the mountain. God has already given me a peek into the land. God has already let me see in the spirit what he has for me. You see, I can't afford and you can't afford to get comfortable. We have to make up our mind to climb on. September 3rd, 2019. I'll say it again. God is inviting us higher. He's doing it as a check of our commitment level. He's separating the curious, the crowd, the comfortable from the climbers. He's separating those who are satisfied from those who are unsatisfied. He's separating those who are content From the uncontent. Jesus went higher that day to see who was willing to follow. Because not everyone is. We can't ever settle and become satisfied down here on earth when God is calling us to a higher place. God is inviting us even this night to experience things we have not yet witnessed things we've not yet seen or imagined. As it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor even entered into the heart of the mind of men the things that God has prepared for those that love him. If I could just tweak it a little bit tonight, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of men those things God has prepared for those who will climb. You see, God is calling us to new vistas. He's giving us new outlooks and perspective. He's renewing our faith and our hope and the favor that we feel. Philippians 3 and 14, Expanded Bible, Paul says, I keep trying to reach, pursuing, chasing the goal set for the prize which God has called me to the life upward, heavenward, upward through and in Christ Jesus. Tonight, God is looking for some climbers who have been anointed for higher things. We prepare for the climb by prayer and by fasting, by study and discipline and commitment, all things that I hope we learn in spades running the halls of NCC. You know, that's what it will take for us to go up to the high places and tear the devil's kingdom down. You know why we need to learn to climb? Because there's some high things that need to be tore down. There's some high places in the spirit that need to be wrecked. There's some things that need to be stro- destroyed and taken apart. It's going to take that kind of commitment and that kind of attitude to get those things. Numbers chapter 33, verses 51 through 53. Speak to the children of Israel. Say to them, when you've crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you. Destroy all their graven stones. Destroy all their molded images. Demolish all their high places. You shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it. For I have given you the land to possess. Tonight we are going up to the high places. We're going to tear the devil's kingdom down. one piece at a time we're going to drive out the inhabitants we're going to destroy their idols and we're going to demolish the high things notice the devil sets up shop right on your mountain because he knows supernatural and extraordinary revelatory things happen on the mountain there is an invitation to experience God on another level You know what we need to do? We need to kick out those who have been squatting on our mountain. We need to tear down those high places. We need to take possession of the land that God has given us for an inheritance. But only seasoned climbers get up to the high places. Only seasoned climbers can tear down those high places. Only seasoned climbers can live in high places. The musicians will help me tonight. The Seattle Times carried this on January 16th in the year 2000. George Mallory, the famed English mountain climber, it was his life goal to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Everyone that knew him was aware of his desire to reach the summit. Why? Because that's all he talked about. It consumed him every moment of every day of his life. He may have been the first person ever to reach the top of Everest. We're still not sure. In the early 1920s, he led a number of attempts to scale the mountain. Eventually being killed in the third attempt in 1924. They searched for him without much luck but his body was discovered in 1999, well preserved by snow and ice. 27,000 feet up the mountain. Just 2,000 feet from the peak. Did he give up? Not on your life. His body was found face down on a rocky slope. Head toward the summit. His arms were extended high over his head. His toes were pointed into the mountain. His fingers dug into the loose rock, refusing to let go even to his last breath. A short length of cotton rope, broken rope, was still looped around his waist. What an example to those of us who have decided to climb. I have made up my mind that I am going to die climbing I'm going to die striving and reaching you say you don't understand by the long sometimes it's hard to find the strength but I will lift up mine eyes from whence cometh my help I lift them to the hills my help cometh from the Lord I have to echo the words of the old hymn by Johnson Oatman Jr. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on Canaan's table land. A higher plane I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. As we stand tonight, God is inviting us up the mountain on this opening service of 2019 2020. His desire is for us to experience everything that He has for us on higher ground. Now, I don't want you to go out here not knowing the truth. You need to be aware of the dangers of the climb. The air gets thinner the higher you go, the weather gets colder. The wind gets stronger the rocks get sharper the cliffs get steeper the ground gets slicker and the obstacles get larger climbing is dangerous business but the experienced climber has discovered the view from the summit is worth every step you made on the climb I challenge us tonight let's climb with our face toward the summit with our arms reaching upward, with our toes forward to the mountain, holding on to the one we know as the rock. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 16, I'm reading from the Amplified. Now the 11 disciples went up to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them and made appointment with them can I tell you tonight, you need to clear your calendar. You got an appointment with Jesus. I've missed doctor's appointments. I've missed eye appointments and dentist appointments and all of these parent-teacher appointments, all without much consequence. But can I tell you, I wouldn't dare miss my appointment with Jesus. Why? Because he's invited us up the mountain. And I urge you tonight to climb. I'm almost done. I just want to share one last scripture with you. Mark chapter 3. This is for you students. I need you to listen close. Mark 3 verses 13 and 14. And he goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would. Anybody feel a call? And they came unto him. Where? In the mountain. And he ordained twelve. Twelve that they should be with him and he might send them forth to preach. Now I realize we're not all going to be preachers here tonight. But we all can be kingdom workers, Brother Carol. We all can do something for God. Another version says this, he climbed a mountain and invited those he wanted with him. They climbed together. He settled on 12 and designated them as apostles, special messengers, personally chosen representatives. You listen up for a minute. The apostles would have missed their calling if they chose not to climb. What will you do tonight with the invitation God has given you to climb? I'm going to open the altars in just just a few moments. I'm not calling tonight the curious. I'm not calling just the crowd, the spectators tonight. I'm not calling those who are comfortable where they are. I want to make it plain. I'm putting a call out tonight for climbers. Ones who are committed to go up the mountain and meet Jesus to go up the mountain and receive the call that he has for you. It is a heavenly call. It's explained in Scripture. It's a higher, it's an upward call. They're gonna begin to sing. I'm not sure if they're back there or not. We can go ahead and lift the screen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask if you would tonight to commit to the climb commit to what God wants to do in this house can I tell you God has revelation for somebody right now if you choose to climb don't miss it God's got fire that he wants to fall from heaven right now that you've been asking for but you gotta go to the top of the mountain or you're gonna miss it God's got brand new perspective for somebody right now but you have to make your way tonight and say I'm committed to climb.